Jared, we're breaking the glass early, bud. Oh my. We're breaking the glass because the Matrix Resurrections trailer is out. How excited are you? How excited am I for the Matrix? Excited enough that (laughs) yesterday morning on the subway, I, I closed YouTube, opened Discord, and all caps at you, we have to talk about The Matrix immediately. <laughs> what better way to start Ammonite Movie Night than by talking about a two-and-a-half-minute trailer for way too long? <laughs> um, I cannot think of a better way. And this is a lot of firsts for us, too. It's the first episode we're recording in the new Ammonite Studios mm-hmm. on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. Mm-hmm. It is the first Ammonite Movie Night podcast you're hearing mm-hmm. it is the first one that we've done since our lovely pal chris coffee has composed our theme song mm-hmm. which sounds great this is a lovely number of checklists and check marks it's the first episode of our only podcast yeah kevin how does it feel <laughs> how does it feel um this is a long time coming and there's been a lot of patience involved from everybody and we thank you and we welcome you to the show (laughs) generally the format of the show is going to be i pick a movie jared picks a movie we talk about the movies generally to to sometimes some kind of theme sometimes it just kind of works out kind of however we feel Mm. but this week we have more pressing matters and those pressing matters are the matrix of course but first jared what have you been watching this week i had to i had to pet sit for a weekend and due to reasons i had no access to internet on my computer so what was i what was i to do but watch 10 movies an entire half of star trek the next generation season jesus it was worth it i finally got around to watching dune which has been a long time coming i don't know how to feel about it and of course your favorite of mine blade runner gave that another rewatch what a week uh, the, oh, should note, the version I watched was the final cut. I've never seen the final cut version. It's the one where... Really? The, yeah. I stick to the director's cut because it leaves it... It gives you information. You would. A little more... Ambi- I know. But I like that ambiguity. <laughs> but the, the final cut is pretty much like he's he's replicant. It's true, yeah. It is a little... They talk about this a lot. You should listen to the Dune Pod episode they just did about Blade Runner because mm-hmm. uh, they do talk about how the final cut does hit you over the head with it. That it's, Edward James Olmos. It's like, it's one of those things where if it wasn't amb- ambiguous for so long, it would be fine and be like, oh, that's a twist. But it's like, oh, no, there's a better better way to tell that story elsewhere. You didn't need this. You don't have to define it. No, it's far more interesting this this way. It's interesting. Yeah, I should, I should watch those. You but there's should. no, the only one on HBO Max is the final cut, unfortunately. Yes. So you're kind of, your hands are kind of tied. Plus, mm-hmm. the only way to get it back in the day was in that giant Deckard suitcase box set, if you remember. The one that friend of the show Sean's dad had. Oh my goodness. That? I remember seeing that from a distance. It was like the only way you can get it. That's absurd. What year did the final... Do you remember when the final... Uh, it was came? 09. Jeez. Yeah. That's so absurd. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well... I, mean, they wanna, I guess they don't want to confuse people. I don't know. If if it's bigger, that's it means it's newer, I guess. The big pretty case or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure the 4K version has all the different versions on it. Yeah, I don't know why my Blu-ray doesn't, but I gotta 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 squeeze you a little more for money. Who could say? So you still prefer the director's cut after seeing what? Do you, what did you make of the final? Um, what did you make of the final cut overall? It's a standalone experience. Um, I didn't. See, I like Blade Runner a lot. I don't, but I'm, it's not like I don't live and die by it. If you say something that I don't agree with, or some you change something, I'm not going to get angry or upset. But the final cut was like, it's fine. It it didn't need what it added. It really didn't. But it, that's fine. Director's cut is the one I will always tell people to watch. But if you have to stick to one, fine. Watch Final Cut. It's not terrible. That's just It's just so curious to me because you're one of the few people who prefer that cut over the Final Cut, I feel like. Or so I've heard. Really? Well, I don't know. People generally... The Final Cut seems to it, have replaced all the other cuts. There is that. It is, a, it is really annoying to find the director's cut. But there are so really? many different versions. That movie is so organic. Like, there's so many different... Organic might not be the word, but it's alive. 
in that it gets changed so much. There's like a San Diego Roadshow illegal cut. There's with three scenes that have never been seen since for some reason. It's I guess. crazy. I would call I'd call Blade Runner fluid. Like, yeah, that's the word for it. Yeah, I, d- I think it is remarkable that like theoretically you could pick up this movie, just erase any subtitle, call in a call in a rope of sand, get rid of that, and you'd have a similar experience, but it would just alter a little bit. If you watch these movies in a row, it would be like having the same dream, and you just sort of like look up and go, "Why is that different?" Unless it's the unless it's the theatrical version where Harrison Ford mumbles about something. I was a robot. I don't know why he did what he did. I forgot to watch the movie <laughs> when I started this podcast commentary. <laughs> That's really what it, um, that one feels like. Harrison Ford doing a, a podcast commentary where he hasn't quite watched the movie. He's just sort of looking down at his phone and glancing up at, uh, at uh, what's his name? Ruck, Rucker Hauer every so often. But it's Blade Runner. You, everyone's You've seen it. You've seen one of the five and a half versions. I mean, I think, although we've just spoiled the the crux of the final cut, <laughs> end of Blade Runner entirely. The movie's, um, the movie's older than it. Uh, the movie's mo- older than most people listening to this. It's fine. It's true. That is actually true. The demographics of the preview tell me a couple things. Mm. One, that's true. And two, we have a listener in Germany. Did you know that? Did I tell you that yet? You did. Oh, you mentioned it. Yes. What do you think that person's gleaning from this podcast? Wow, wasn't it grace to use a VPN so I could access stuff from Germany? That's <laughs> probably their thought. Um, if you're listening to this, number one, God help you, but also let us know who you are, because I know you. Say hello. Yeah, from from uh, from Germany. All right, so that's Blade Runner, Final Cut. I mean, I think it would be interesting to compare and contrast, but that's a lot of time. Yeah, I um I also um afterwards I put on Blade Runner 2049 2049. Denny Villeneuve. Ah, uh, Denny. Oh, I I've seen it I've seen it before, but I fell asleep halfway through. It was very late and I was exhausted. But that is a wonderful movie to wake up like halfway through and just sort of go, "Whoa." Fall asleep, wake up and whoa, over and over. I'm speaking not from like an actual I'm in taking this, but just yeah. experiencing it for what it is. I like that. You're like, wait, it's like, uh, like it's, you're in a trance and you're coming out of it and everything is still hypnotizing to you. Mm-hmm. It's, um, because it's very, it is a very hypnotizing. It's a trance movie. The movie came in waves and it was appreciated. I appreciate the movie that much more. Cause I watched it like as a background noise. I still haven't seen it since theaters. Have but you when not? no, but when Tom and I went, friend of the show Tom and I went uh, to IMAX. We were supposed to go to uh, Chris's house, the composer of our theme, and he lives very close to a movie theater. But instead, we sat in the parking lot for forty-five minutes. You remember this? We sat in the parking lot for like forty-five minutes, just talking about like nothing of substance. Nothing of substance. It was just we had just been so rocked by that movie. You just have to talk it out. Yeah, it's just like whoa. And, like, the car. <laughs> the only thing is, like, why is Harrison Ford wearing, like, a white shirt? I feel like he just woke up in that. <laughs> that was the, my main thought this time, too. Like, watching watching the, um, what's his name? Ryan Gosling? Is that his name? Yes. I white guy. Um, him and the, um, the, and they're, when they're beating the crap out of each other and Harrison Ford is trying to, like, you know, not drown in the sinking car. Right. At the end, and yeah. it was like, those two are stylized and they look like they look like they're part of the movie. Then you cut to Harrison Ford, who's in his pajamas, and he's sort of like, oh, oh, sticking his head above water. It's not like, it doesn't feel like I'm watching a different movie, but I feel like I'm watching a B-side. You don't feel like you're watching Deckard. No. I feel, feel like I'm like watching Harrison Ford get his paycheck. You feel like you're watching the guy from Witness <laughs> at that point, right? That's uh, good. Ah, uh, yes. Air Force One's Harrison Ford. Um, Lovely movie. We love Blue Ridge 2049. Great movie. Um, I love I love colors. I love the <laughs> I love the uh, the shot of Ryan Gosling looking up at the giant. Uh, Strip club billboard. Oh, that one. Well, of course. That, the Where he's joy. just looking down at the ground and she's like, hey, you know. And he's he, like, you, are you lonely? And it cuts to him just. 
trying to not cry. Ryan Gosling founding the cure in that moment. <laughs> um, I love, yeah, no, I love Blade Runner 2049. It's been too long. I have to, I, I'm, I'm going to make a point to revisit it before Dune comes out. <laughs> definitely. Definitely do that. It's before Denis Villeneuve's 2021 Dune. We'll get to the other one in a minute. What I wanted to bring up briefly is just all the the joy stuff, like in the apartment. I was staring. Oh, this time I was staring at the at the top. You know how like it has like the um, little projector that so she can walk around the apartment and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Do they just have? Do you just like have a full day of strangers coming into your apartment to build that projector thing so it can slide all through your room? It's got to be a part all of it, your right? room, and then you have to go to your bedroom. Is there? Is there one in the bathroom? Does she simulate taking a shit? I just... Ah. I didn't expect this conversation to go like this. <laughs> I mean, I guess there's limits, right? Yeah, maybe. I guess there's... Although it's uncanny. I mean... Also, could you have installed it yourself? Actually, that's a good point. Ryan Gosling. He's a he's a replicant. He's, he can just... Oh, that's right. Is he also yeah. a ro- Spoilers, but is he also a robot? Yeah, I mean, it's said at the start. He's, you know, he... um. He uh, what's it? He retires his own kind. That was a big part. Oh, him right, and, uh, right, right. Batista and the tiny glasses. Big Dave, mm-hmm. the Beast Raban, or Rabin. I'm, get, but, I'm gonna get fried for that. One. <laughs> but Joy is like, she's supposed to emulate a, a real person. She knows she's not a physical being, and I want to know the extent of what that bothers her. Does it bother her that she can't? Sh- I mean, obviously uh, they have an approach to how they how they uh, have sex, but do little things bother? Does it bother her that she cannot interact with the shower? That she can't do basic things that are considered human? And I don't know. I wanted a little more on a teeny bit more on that. Also, again, I fell asleep during the movie, so if they did cover that those little minute details, feel free to feel free you to know, ride my ass. If you I guess. if you want to talk about. Uh, robots who want to be human, do I have a thing for you? It's called episode 603 of Star Wars, The Clone Wars. Oh. So good. They had Richard Horvitz voice a little robot guy. He's Invader Zim. So wait, is it just the, that's, it's the, just the Zim voice then? No, he's just doing, he has a, he has like a, he has a generic Richard Horvitz voice that you've heard before. And he's like, it is, I, I'm just doing it to be a jerk. <laughs> Jared, what was the wait? There was no connection. I'm just goofing oh, around. Oh. <laughs> You're a robot who wants to be human. I've been bamboozled. Yeah, you've been bamboozled. Jared, I got my copy of Arrow Video's brand new restoration of David Lynch's Dune last week. Oh, God. And let me tell you, that movie has never looked better. And that's about the. I mean. But has it ever looked good, Kevin? I mean, that's the thing, right? I feel like, number one, the worse that movie looks, the better. I feel like you want it taped off. First of all, the TV cut of that movie is way longer and has more stuff in it. It's like three hours long. And then this movie is already pretty long. Um, it's got a whole bunch of different stuff, it's edited differently and everything. And B, like, if this movie looks good, then everything looks like shit. Yeah. Um, although I don't know, I feel like the costume design is interesting. I feel like a lot of the designs to open the movie with the guild navigator coming to Emperor Shadam the Fourth, which was not the way the like the book actually presents you with a valid opening for a film because it's right into the Gamjabar. That's a weird. That's a weird choice then for for Lynch to just to just drop that. Usually he's astute with that kind of stuff. I mean. I get the strategy there because you have a lot of information. Yeah. I mean, think about this. It's looking like Denny Villeneuve's Dune is going to cut off. Part one is going to cut off uh, after they meet the... Fr- Do you care? Go ahead. Everybody, I'll put it in show notes. Who cares? Um, but also think about how many details there are, how many plans and plans, how I many, mean, like, oh. it's hard to get across all that information when you have Patrick Stewart miscast so dreadfully as Gurney Halleck. That... That, that was, was weird, weird to watch. That, that did not, not make any sense, sense, and I, I'm not. Yeah, sadly, I'm, I'm not trying to bring the discussion back to David Lynch's Dune <laughs> and stop spoiling 2021 it's, Dune. It's 
What do you think about um McLaughlin though? I thought Kyle McLaughlin in this adaptation of Dune was perfect for what it is. I think this is exactly oh, yeah. where the only movie he could have ever been, Paul. I think a lot of people, are, you know, I think Patrick Stewart is one of the few miscasts. Mm. There's another one I think is kind of why uh, we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, I think McLaughlin is perfect. Of course, you would cast him as your Paul. Like, of course, it makes number one for how many times David Lynch has used McLaughlin since. Yeah, of course he's Paul. Makes sense. His um his pivots towards a more serious serious character over the movie was. I did not expect him to be that good. Right. Like he his character is the only thing that kept me like. And it's his first angry. movie. Yeah, that's insane. Mm-hmm. This was uh, three years before Blue Velvet. I want to say so. Blue Velvet is the next film. Yeah. He does Blue Velvet off of this as a. It's a long story. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. A, oh God! Why did I do that? I'm gonna go do something I know how to do, which is think about how my childhood was dope, except for that one thing. Hey, what if what if David Lynch believed that that evil in America began with the atomic bomb? What a wild. Oh man. Golly. If only. Ugh. If only we were talking about Blue Velvet and not David Lynch's 1982? Four. Fuck. Yeah, it takes a minute because he... Uh, Elephant. Did it. Elephant Man is 80. Yeah, what, what was he doing for those years? Making I, Dune. He was uh, considering an offer from George Lucas to do Return of the Je- Revenge of the Jedi. And then... Uh, after, yeah, after... after they were uh, making after, Dune. After Elephant Head. Head. Oof. Elephant head. Elephant head. <laughs> After Elephant Man, yeah, he was in. He was a. Uh, people liked him. People wanted him around, so that makes sense. Still crazy to think that two roads diverged. One of them gave us Jedi rocks. The other would have given us David Lynch's Jedi rocks. <laughs> Ow! Could you imagine David Lynch's Jedi rocks? I just a like fetus to- with a horse's mouth doing Jedi rocks. Everyone, go Google that song. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put it in the show. Wait, um, what's the name of the director for Return of the Jedi? Can I remember his name? Richard Markhand. Oh, thank you. So Mark Marquand. Mark. I don't. I don't think it's ever been openly admitted, but like Markhand. I'm just gonna say, it, yeah, works for me. Markhand. If it's wrong, I apologize. He was pretty much used as Lucas's puppet. <laughs> I mean, Lucas just did not want to direct. Understandable, yeah. but he also wanted to have his hands in the pot. And I wonder, like Lynch. Lynch was pretty. Um, he said. I had a bad dinner and I didn't want to do it anymore, or whatever his whatever he said about dropping it. I think he just did not want. He just really did not want Lucas's hand up his ass. I mean, that could have worked too. Could you imagine Lynch, like in an alternate world? First of all, what that movie would have been? Would there even been a Star Wars after that? A and B. If if Return of the Jedi was good, would there have been a Return of the Jedi special edition? I don't think so. A David Lynch's Return of the Jedi special edition? I don't know, man. Yeah, that universe is weird. That that that's 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 a weird alternate alternate timeline there. But I bring it up because um, uh, do you know anything about Dune's development? I know sadly very little. I, do I not have research as much. As never I seen Yurodowski's Dune, but I feel like we should have watched that at some oh, point. I mean, oh, I meant specifically um when Lynch was on. Oh, I have no clue. Because All that stuff. There was a making of that was supposed to be on the Arrow DVD. But it's not on there. Oh, that's a bad sign. But it's on the German version of the disc. That's a weird sign, but all right. Yeah, it's very odd. There's a issue with we'll the production to, company. We'll have, to, we'll have to ask our one viewer to uh, check that out for us, huh? Uh, I have people looking at it. Perfect. I'll let you know. Um, I just bring it up because Dune felt like there was like there was editorial. There was someone above Lynch going, "Don't do that." Do oh this. yeah, this was a mess in the cutting room. There was a yeah yeah, but what, but that's so strange because he. He dropped Return of the Jedi, a movie that could have he could probably have done, I think, fairly well, even with Lucas over his shoulder, to start a, a franchise on a book that really should not be a for movie franchise. I am curious about the motivations on what 
he mentioned loosely years later that he was interested in the material and then he just couldn't figure out what to do with it and this is what happened. Interesting. That's what he said about it. He's been he doesn't talk about Dune very much. Yeah, he's much. very reticent to discuss it now. He's I think he straight up disowned it. Like as a whole movie experience. He just said, I'm just stepping away, I don't want to talk about it. His name uh, was off the theater if I'm correct. I mean yeah, Alan now Smithy. now Alan Smithy is credited for some prints of it, I think. Yeah. I know the TV version is definitely an alternate name. I think it's. I think the TV version is um, definitively Alan Smith, an Alan Smithy production, an Alan Smithy joint, if you will. But um, it's just the weirdest. I mean, but at the same time, he probably looked and said, "This is the third movie. I'm not going to be able to do anything." But this is a fresh new movie. I'm going to do that. And then somehow he didn't hear about the nightmare that was Jodorowsky's experience. Oh, my God. Well, we got Alien out of that one, at least. Hell, yeah. Um, I would, Do you have a, a, a pseudonym update for you? Sure. So he's Alan Smithy in certain cuts of the film. Yeah. But on television, it's Judas Booth. <laughs> for all the reasons you think, by the way, it's Judas Iscariot and John Wilkes Booth. <laughs> I love him. Jesus. I love him so much. Anyway, the, the 4K <laughs> restoration of the movie looks really good. Yeah. Um, but it is it is Lynch's Dune. So if you love it, it's difficult to rate, right? Because I know it's yeah. a terrible movie, but I do love so much of it. And uh, there, it is an interesting vision of the world of Dune. It really is. There are aspects that are very lulling. I felt like, not, not in the early stuff because they're setting up everything they can and they have to wear cubes for a while but there were a handful of points where I just felt very calm and at ease watching this very strange failure I wouldn't use the term meditative it's not meditative but it's right. it does feel in the cut that I watched it was a two hour cut so maybe that maybe that's a specific one but in that one I felt it felt very dreamlike felt closer to what David Lynch would make how did you watch it? Did you did you? Uh, I watched it on. Is it on a service? Yeah, it's on some service, and I don't remember what it, what, what it is. Um, it was one that I did not expect. I'm gonna look it up right now. That's really that is that is weird. Uh, Dune 1984. We're googling on air, folks. It's on it's on the home box office max. Netflix. HBO I'm, Max. I'm, no, I'm talking with you. The home box office. Yeah, I guess it is. Good lord. That's so weird, but okay. And there's a Blade Runner connection too, right? Because Sean Young is Chani in it. Mm-hmm. And they're also being in the 80s. That's true. And there's We've a nailed weird, it. And there's a weird guy in, a director, in the director's chair. We've nailed it. I don't know. Again, it's a hard <laughs> movie to rate for me. Um, it's a hard movie to rate. Because uh, there's a lot, there's a lot that I genuinely like, and there's a lot that I just don't. Five look star at and a one star. Oh, perfect. <laughs> it's mean, it's yeah. both. I I rated it on Letterboxd. I rated it three stars because it's a five star movie in some spots, and Sting is also in it. So, although I don't know, I I don't think Sting is a big a, is that big a problem. Not really. It was just kind of it was a little weird. I like the Baron bad. floating around in his little chair. He was a delight. Every time he was on screen, I was at attention. Just a weird guy doing his little weird thing. And he's he's pretty camp in the book as well. He's got mm-hmm. big fat fingers spinning. Like literally the first time, one of the first times you see the Baron Harkonnen in the book, he's spinning a giant globe with his fat fingers. Oh, that rules. <laughs> and it's described as such. It's awesome. Love when love when people take, take uh, influence from the great dictator. That's true. I promise I was not trying to pivot into the great dictator talk, even though I was very close. I have I watched it for the first time last year. No kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good movie. You know, won't pivot hard. We'll get there. We'll get yeah. there. Save it for the Charlie Chaps cast. Oh my God. <laughs> Tra- Charlie, hashtag Tramp cast. Charlie trapped ass. All right. <laughs> Me after the recording. All right. Is it time to talk about The Card Counter? Um, I watched a, saw a preview it. of The Card Counter last night. It's a new film from Paul Schrader. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it's his first since First Reformed, which I watched for the first time last week. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, First Reformed is totally amazing. Ethan mm-hmm. Hawke. I mean, if you don't like Ethan Hawke, it is what it is. What year but, is uh, First Reformed? Uh, 18. Sorry. Cool. Transcendent performance from Ethan Hawke. Really amazing stuff. And Seyfried, I think, is the other lead, and she's also very good. Mm-hmm. Cedric the Entertainer blew my mind in a great dramatic performance there. 
go watch First Reformed. If you think you want to watch The Card Counter, uh, watch Inside Lewin Davis for the Oscar Isaac performance that mm-hmm. you were looking for, and then watch First Reformed. Uh, the Card Counter is fine. It's very deftly made. It's a Paul Schrader movie, all right, in a lot of ways. But Tiffany Haddish is the female lead. She's like the romantic lead, kind of. And she is in a different movie. <laughs> she is in a different... No, no, jo- like no, I'm what? Just laughing like, I, I'm laughing because I can imagine that. In, in, in interviews, she describes herself as being ill at ease with the material. And oh. she even says that the rehearsals didn't go well initially as well. Oh, no. Is Paul Schrader so, showing off his poker skills? His, uh, Paul, the stuff he learned on the Paul Dano Zoom call? Oh, my God. First of all... I said it on Letterboxd, but it's a it's a real wonder he made this movie, right? Because fucking he can't behave himself on his uh, poker game Zoom calls. It's a, it's a, it's honestly I'm shocked that Oscar Isaac isn't like openly leering at everybody and rating Tiffany Haddish out of ten the way that Paul Schrader does in the poker games. He spends so much time defending his behavior, you'd expect it to show up in one of his films. Honestly, the most disappointing part of this movie was, like, I just stopped listening after... Like, I I, I feel bad for doing this, mm-hmm. but because I was home, I tuned out. Because uh, yeah. it was like, I couldn't connect, and Tiffany Haddish was, like, pissing me off. Mm. Uh, it may grow on me. Again, she may grow on me, but I she was, was not uh, comfortable. Mm. I think she did her best with... The, I think she did... A, like, I think that if I were, like, her friend... I would be proud to support her, mm-hmm. but it's not a good performance, and it doesn't really work, in my opinion. And it throws off the whole movie. Should I? I haven't watched first. I have not watched first reform. Oh, Jared, hey, you got to get reformed, buddy. Hey, should I watch it? Uh, should I watch it with um, card counter, or should I just keep those as separate as possible? I, um, how should I put this today on the first day of Ammonite Inc.? Mm-hmm. There will come a day where we cover the card counter perfect because willem dafoe is uh, kind of the villain of the film <gasps> so there's gonna be a day where we cover the card counter for something for some reason that's all i can say today we're big we're big dafoe friend excuse me we're willem de freaks jared god we are willem de freaks will willem de freaks <laughs> we're willem de freaks so hold on to it, but you can watch. Go watch First oh, Reformed. It's on Prime. What? Oh, this is off. We're not watching Antichrist, are we? Oh yeah. Fuck. All Willem right. to show, Jared. All right. Willem to show. Chaos. I've ex- never seen Antichrist. Chaos reigns. I'm, All right. I'm exaggerating and joking, obviously, but it's a movie. <laughs> All right. We are at we are at a half hour right now. So mm. why don't we do some big announcements? We'll talk about Ammonite Movie Night and what it is. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll watch the Matrix Resurrections trailer with you, and we'll speculate on it. And uh, then we'll wish you a good night. All right? All right. First, we wanted to give you a preview into the first couple months of this show. Mm -hmm. Because if I've learned anything about making a podcast over the last 12 weeks, it's that that's about as far out as you should plan. Mm -hmm. So... The month of September, we recorded a handful of shows at the previous Ammonite Inc. studios. Our first week, next week's episode is Spider-Man and Super 8, followed by the Pirates of the Caribbean sequels, Mm -hmm. Dead Man's Chest, and At World's End. I remembered them. (laughs) Then then we did August in the Water and Friday the 13th as our our goodbye to summer episode. Um, that's going to be coming out the week of September 25th. <laughs> Don't worry, Kevin. It's still pretty goddamn hot out. It is hot. In New York City, summer goes until about October 15th. You love it. It is October 15th, isn't yeah. it? In Every the middle of October, time. right? Every single time. 15th. But yes. But yeah, you love it, Jared. I'm ecstatic. Can't you hear it? Jared's catchphrase is, is fuck, this heat. <laughs> the, um, next, the next one is, I will kill the sun. But <laughs> It's true. All right, so that's... And then we're going to wrap up September, September 29th, because I believe Wednesdays are going to be the day. Uh, that week, the show, the movies will be Fat City, a gritty boxing drama from the 70s with a very young Jeff Bridges, and Boz Lerman's The Great Gatsby with a very old acting Tobey Maguire. And of course, that Leo Jeff. Oh man, the, the co-star, the gif, Jeff. Um, so yeah. th- that's September. And then coming up in October, Ammonite Horror Nights. 
and the details of that we will reveal when it is appropriate in a spookier season where maybe I go buy some jeans or something. Oh, I really do need to buy some jeans. Uh, additionally, later in October, on the road to Spider-Man No Way Home, Jared and I will be doing what we're calling Finish It! Which is a series of, uh, we're going to be watching the Spider-Man movies, and you're going to be watching along with us. There will be audio commentaries that we put out um, at some other point in the week. They'll happen. They'll happen. Um, so, we're again. Gonna, we are quite serious when we say we're watching all of them. Spider-Man 1, 2, 3, Amazing Spider-Man 1, Amazing Spider-Man 2, what Homecoming. Are they Homecoming, go. got it. You love um, those. Oh, man, I love I'm not going to be mean. I love... What's the other one called, Jared? There's one more. I'm stalling. I can't remember it. Okay, uh... well, think about it. The third one I just said is No Way Home, right? And then... Uh, wait, well, let's put the clues together, okay? Homecoming. Yeah. No Way Home. Uh-huh. The middle one, he's in Europe. He's where? Where is he? Relative oh, to home. Is he close to home? How do you say home in British? Is he close to home? Far from home? Ah, you go. Uh... I hope it's fun. It's a testament to Jared and I's friendship and our devotion to giving you the content you deserve that he's going to sit and watch these MCU Spider-Man movies. I promise to be nice. Maybe. Uh, AMNTpod at gmail.com is our email address. So please, all of your Tom Holland Spider-Man defenses, uh, we're here for them and uh, we'll roast you after the movies. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So again, we have a few shows we recorded at the old place. We have... Ammonite Horror Nights, we have Finish It. We have a lot of really exciting stuff and maybe a few surprises as well because this is the only podcast we're doing and that ends up freeing up a lot of your time. Mm-hmm. All right. What else will we be doing, Kevin? What Good else will we be doing indeed? We're All right. About. So we're going to take a few minutes here. We're going to take a quick break. We will come back. And when we do, uh, go in this time, go on YouTube, the Matrix Resurrections trailer. I will tell you exactly what video we're watching. I'll put it in the show notes as well so you can watch along with us. So hang on one second, and we're ready to jack in, Jared. All right. We're going to jack in, Jared. All right, everybody, we're back, and we're ready to watch the Matrix Resurrections trailer. This is a test of a lot of things. And you're our guinea pig. So enjoy that. Week, 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 week. So we're watching the Warner Brothers Pictures version of the official trailer one. It runs two minutes and 53 seconds. It has 18 million views. 18 million views. All right. Probably one more by the time you read the. I'm going to. Yeah, one more. Uh, And then two more because you're going to watch with us, right? Right? Please. Um, I'm going to link it in the show notes. And. Yeah, get it synced up, get it ready. And uh, I'm just going to hit a button here. <gasps> Three, two, one, play. Thomas, you seem particularly triggered right now. Can you tell me what happened? I've had dreams that are just dreams. <laughs> We don't use that word in here. Blue glasses on NPH. This is the only time you could use White Rabbit and have it work, by the way. This is the only... This movie now. Yes. I don't know. I'm still waiting for someone to throw a toaster into a bathtub. Carrie Ann Moss. There's a bound reference there, Corky's massage. No shit. Yeah. I'm about to say, I'm about to say something super cool. This trailer hits different on a big TV. <laughs> HDR on HBO Max day one. Oh. She got them red glasses. We got Doctor Manhattan as Morpheus. What's going on there? <laughs> he said Morpheus on Twitter. Yeah. The only thing that matters to you is still here. I know it's why you're still fighting and why you will never give up. We're back in the dojo. You don't know me. No. 
What if that's the end of the movie? Ah, <laughs> uh, here's the real world. Maybe. Holy shit. <laughs> it feels like this is the last movie that will ever come out. Yo. I'd probably be okay with this. It's the kind of trailer, it's like a once in a generation moment, I feel like. of that ended up just being us watching it but you saw it now how could you not react to it that way yeah i watched it on a laptop screen that did not do it justice that there was, it is twelve twenty-two. that was so extremely cool right that's well, so the that matrix a, resurrections well, you know so that was a palindrome what it? no yeah what yeah. is the dates wasn't it Twelve twenty-two twenty-one. yeah yeah no. Okay, good. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I have a lot of theories about it, but I, I honestly think that this watch of the trailer solidified all the theories. Yeah. I think we're seeing Neo, aged naturally over the last twenty years, dropped into a different iteration of the Matrix. Um, at the end of at the end of um, <clears throat> revolutions or yes. revolutions? Revolutions. Okay. At the end of Rev, um, don't they die? The t- um, Keanu Re- uh, Neo dies and Trinity both die. It's uh, is ambiguous it- for Neo. Trinity I, dies. I get the sense that well, those are those two are the actual characters, right? And this Morpheus is obviously it's not the Morpheus. It's not Lawrence Fishburne. I think it's just another guy under the name Morpheus enacting some kind of oh absolutely i think it's it could be a zealot or something or some kind of follower of morpheus yeah because lawrence fishburne was asked last week why he's not in the movie and he said to ask lana wachowski which means that the matrix online in which morpheus died is still canon good which is nuts because that means the matrix the path of neo is also canon and enter the matrix is canon means morpheus died like a chump that is true. If you go and watch that clip, Morpheus dies like a chump in an alley. I think he's, what is he, shot once? Like, what's the death? I think there's at least two shots. Oh, good. Well. Anyway, two bullets is any, all Anyway, the guy. Uh, Clearly. Jesus. Either way, I think you're absolutely right that it is a Morpheus. Yeah. A Morpheus. Huh? Yahya hey, Abdul-Mateen II, who was mm-hmm. Dr. Manhattan in Watchmen. I thought he did a great job mm-hmm. um, given the material. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about that another time. Let's not. <laughs> um, but no, no, no. I thought he was great. He's in Candyman as well. Mm-hmm. And now he's, I mean, he tweeted Morpheus. I feel like they wouldn't have yeah. let him tweet Morpheus if he wasn't going to be whatever this yeah. Matrix, this resolution of the Matrix, it feels Morpheus. Like- I've seen, I've seen a lot of people say this feels almost like a reboot, reimagining type thing. And I think that's on purpose. I think this is going to be to the Matrix movies what Final Fantasy VII Remake is to Final Fantasy VII. I agree. If, okay. I don't know. I hope whoever is listening to this, that doesn't go completely over your head. But it's... It's going to be a very familiar world that Mr. Anderson ends up in, Mm -hmm. and it's going to reflect our contemporary world, Mm -hmm. but it is going to be the version of the Matrix they would be running to represent 2021 versus uh, 1999. You could even tell that Neil Patrick Harris scene where he's, number one, he's wearing the blue pill colored glasses, and he's prescribing Keanu the antipsychotics that are, or whatever they are, the the, the, uh, SSRIs that are blue pills, literally, the blue pill, Um, that obviously this is a different version of the Matrix, but for some reason, in some way, either Neo looks different or this is a new Neo. And this is a different story entirely, which would be interesting. I don't know. It gives me the sense that they're going to play with what you expect from The Matrix as a franchise, what you expect from a sequel, a reboot, and all that, and just contort it to whatever story they that uh, she wants to tell, she being uh, the, uh, Lana, Lana Wachowski. Wachowski. Also, he 
people have commented that he looks like John Wick, that uh, there is no way that's not on purpose. I will also say that before COVID, yeah. he was going to shoot John Wick and The Matrix back to back. So there could have been something to do with that also. He also, like, John Wick just kind of, like... Like, before John Wick came out, that's how Keanu Reeves looks. Which <laughs> oh, is how he looks now. Yeah, that's Like, John Wick showed up on set for Bill and Ted 3. Like, Did, did you oh watch that God. yet, by the way? I have not, but I, t- I thought he shaved his beard for some reason. But He did. I'm actually happy he didn't. He did. He's weird in it. But okay. He, he doesn't look totally like John Wick, but he didn't cut his hair. Okay. <laughs> which is fine. I, I think it works. I mean, it's Bill and Ted, right? So, of course, he has long hair. But it was just kind of funny to watch John Wick kind of wander into Bill and Ted 3. Yeah. All right. May, all right. I take back what I said. It might have just been like, that might just be how he likes to look. But also, I could totally see intentionally being like, oh, okay, well, now it's John Wick looking, Keanu yeah. Reeves. Or Keanu Reeves looks like this, you know, because he's in treatment. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm curious as to not to, okay, we're kind of pivoting sure. on this. But Lana was asked in an interview, or she volunteered that Keanu had seen the movie, and that he said that The Matrix had taken every advancement in computers up to that point and created a story out of it. Something like that. Let me pull up the quote, actually. Uh, Matt Patch is from Polygon, has the quote in a really great article we'll link in the show notes. Uh, this is Keanu Reeves talking to Lana Wachowski. 20 years ago, you told a story about the coming 20 years of digital virtual life and how it was going to impact us and how we could think about it and gave us a frame to think about it. And then you took the same characters, the same stories, and you made it about the next 20 years. And if you mm. think about that, too, that's such an astute observation about the Matrix and what mm-hmm. makes the Matrix so ende- like enduring and endearing because we're still... You know, even just now in the last five years or so, we're, we're cracking virtual reality and augmented reality. And we're mm-hmm. we're coming even closer and closer to the a, an, a, a virtual world like the Matrix. Mm-hmm. Every single t- every single time I see VR, VR sim, I just think about how close we are to have to really give you the experience of running on walls. Right doing the coolest thing on the planet and how the next step after achieving those things with the VR set is full body immersion. Right. And from there, mind, mind. I think about, I think about that a lot because I write about it. I write about it a bit myself in my free time. Yeah. Uh, The ways in which we lose ourselves in our virtual worlds. Yeah. Um, and I don't even, I'm not even talking about a virtual reality at this point. I'm talking about like Final Fantasy 14 or, or a Discord server or something. We've been doing it for years. It's true. And it's conditioned us now. You know, our parents have Facebook. Yeah. Which okay. really was the, le- was the locus point of, oh, of, yeah. our, of the decline of America. We can talk about that at a different time. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, our parents have Facebook now, which I feel like was such a big delineating moment. Oh, oh yeah. Fa- our parents getting Facebook was the very second the Wild West ended, for real. Um, but it is curious. It is curious to see what Lana will have to say. She's mm-hmm. saying it on her own this time. Lily is doing a show called Work in Progress. I think it airs on Showtime. Uh, by all accounts, a great show, but mm-hmm. not certainly not uh, a sci-fi franchise mm-hmm. the way you would expect from the Wachowskis. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm honestly not as familiar with their work together and separate as you are. Um, is does Lana Lana lean more lean more into the sci-fi stuff? I, I have no that? idea okay. of any of that on okay. that level. Okay, sick. Now I'm just curious, like how like consciously did were they how long ago were they approached for Matrix Four? What makes now the time to do it? Why aren't both of them doing it together? And maybe that question can be answered with scheduling, but at the same time, I figure, I don't know, if I, if I, me and my, if me and my sister created the Matrix, I'd want to be there for the, the resurrection. It is curious, isn't it? Yeah. And you look at the films that came before, you know, you look at the films that come in between Matrix 3 and now. You have Speed Racer, one of my favorite movies of all time. But that list of people who could say that is short um, because it is an odd film. Although 
again, the Wachowskis completely called the 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 15 years of CG special effects. They totally invented techniques that you're still seeing being used. To you know, to be fair, it came out the same year as The Dark Knight, which is the polar opposite of what Speed Racer wanted to accomplish. So like, it did come out the week, but like weeks before Iron Man. Oh, it I was th- like right there at the death of movies like that. <laughs> I, oh, for some reason, I thought it happened. At, I came out after The Dark Knight. I thought it was like December. Oh no, no, it's an early summer flop. Damn. Let me look at that actually. That's, Let me get an article up more on which house keys will talk about it. Um, okay, before Speed Racer, they wrote and produced V for Vendetta. Uh, haven't seen it. Don't care. Go read the um, comic. Whatever. We'll get there. If only there was a show about 1985 to 2011 in DC Comics. Wonder what that's um, gonna be like. Wonder what that would be like. Um, it was Speed Racer, and then one of my favorite movies of all time, Cloud Atlas, mm-hmm. which uh, talk about. It, it is incredible how, besides the amazing crime film Bound, how consistent the themes are in Wachowski's. Um, the fact that there's even transhumanist elements in Speed Racer. Because Racer X gets his face changed because mm-hmm. he's really Speed's brother. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff like that. Or Cloud Atlas, where they found a book. They found David Mitchell, there's a genius, who wrote this amazing transhumanist book about how we are all connected. Mm-hmm. Would, we, you, it's, 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 would it's, you It's say, a beautiful uh, match, and it's a beautiful movie. And then Jupiter Ascending is a whiff, but I had fun with it. Anyway. Would you say, the, would you say the Wachowski sisters are, your favorite, are among your favorite directors? I would say among. All right. And I think that it's those through lines that I find most interesting, and that's what makes it so strong for me. Although, again, I think we were both Matrix Reloaded fans. Yes. Oh, yes. That movie, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Matrix that Reloaded movie, rips. That movie is a crown jewel. Um, but I would say that, first of all, it's, it's just like M. Night Shyamalan, who I've come to love a lot, although I hate those movies too, everyone. Okay? I'm a sane person. <laughs> those middle three. I call them the, the heinous three, the heinous trio. <laughs> List them. I call them M. Night Shyamalan's Hanish Trio. They are The Happening, The Last Airbender, and After Earth. Oof. Like, Lady in the Water is good halfway and then becomes one star in the third act. Oof. But at least it's not heinous. And those three are heinous. Oof. Enough M. Night Shyamalan. Um, but he's... The reason I bring up Shyamalan is because it's the same deal. Strong thematic through lines. The, mm-hmm. the wisdom of children. Um, questioning of faith. You can see you can see what these what these creators are obsessed with, right. what their preoccupations are. Oh, the power of storytelling is another one for Shyamalan, but yeah. And I feel like that's confusing for a lot of people because they go in and expect, oh, it's Martin Scorsese. It's going to be a crime movie about men being upset, and I, that is a very obvious through line that is very easily easily adapted to crime. The New York stories, except for fucking Hugo. A boxer who's really, really, really pissed. Sure. Taxi driver who's also really pissed. You can see what his, what Scorsese's obsessions are, and they translate easily to his uh, to his choice of genres. I feel like the Wachowskis jump in their tone and genre so often. You have no idea like what to do. That's like, fair. Also, people tend to dismiss a lot of the stuff. Speed Racer was immediately dashed off um, because it looks like Spy Kids 3. But if you actually look at it, number one, again, like I said, total groundbreaker and a great movie. Susan Sarandon acting her ass off. John Goodman's mustache. Oh, boy. My, my main reason for staying away from Speed Racer for so long was, oh, boy, an, Amer- an American director is handling a Japanese property. I yeah, but it's the care. Wachowskis, though. I I was I was not a Matrix fan until until after this uh, Speed Racer came out. Like, That's it took interesting. Me a, it took me a minute. I actually, funny enough, I watched it on VHS in my room um, on Chris's Chris's VHS copy that he lent me. That's amazing. Yeah. So <laughs> I view to thank Chris for getting me to watch Jesus. Matrix after so many years. I uh, I didn't see the sequels until last year either. So who am I? Yes, I did not. I didn't see Reloaded or um, I'm never going to remember the third one. Revolutions. Revolutions. I did not see it until two years ago, I think. Which I don't even think... And, and for the record, I mean, we are Reloaded fans. And yes. Revolutions, I feel like, the only things that are bad in Revolutions are bad because of reasons out of their control. Yes. A lot of production issues on that on that third one. And also, the Oracle died. Yes. So, they were stuck. I don't know how else to say it. Um, but, I mean, nobody asked them to put in the Dreadlock guys. Mm. So, that's another issue. We could... 
there's if two podcasts I love already didn't say they were going to do the Matrix, I would have suggested it. Um, but there'll be a time and a place, I think, for us to discuss the Matrix. Of course. But let's get back. To, let's let's round back to the subject at hand, which is now that we covered everything else. Let's talk resurrections. I think this movie is going to be. I mean, look. Even if this movie is total trash, which I can't imagine it being, we have this moment. We have this trailer, and we have this. How cool is that? Man, I still th- I still think about the um, Snyder's Watchmen trailer to this day. So That moment is, yeah, okay. Talking when, about favorite trailers, that uh, the moment when I realized that I had missed the opening of The Dark Knight, but the projector broke, and they had to restart, and Warner <laughs> and Warner attached the Watchmen trailer to the reel, so it had to play again. Oh, my God. When dude. you realized, oh, good, I got to watch this again. Oh, yeah. No, I got to see it for the first time. I missed it. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry yes. I was out getting popped corn. <gasps> oh, that's actually a good way to get in- introduced to it, not expecting it. Good stuff. I, I knew it was going to play. But I didn't know you it was attached. Well, the way they used to do it was to make sure you played it. They would attach it to the first reel. Um. Anyway, uh, final. Uh, any more Resurrections thoughts, Jared? Because we've touched on now every other Wachowski's movie. I'm, I'm giddy at the idea of a goofy sci-fi, high-concept movie that takes itself wholly, so wholly seriously and wears everything on the nose. It has the, what's that song? Uh, White Rabbit by uh, Jefferson Airplane. It it plays White Rabbit, and it has Alice in Wonderland in the trailer. Like, as if you, like, you know, couldn't not get less subtle. And I love that. I miss the level of a pure, in-your-face content that fully sets up what you're expecting to see, whatever whatever it's going to do, whatever their plans are. And then when you watch the movie, you can pick up all the subtle little details that fully inform it. Sure. It's, it's, it's what, what I get out of Hideo Kojima. Kojima. Smacks you on the head with what's happening because, you know, you're too busy, like, looking at what, is, what his right hand is doing. You don't see what's happening over here. It's a little magic trick. Right. I think there is some purpose to the, a lot of the visual we're seeing. A lot of this, like, the we're back glasses. in the dojo with Morpheus. Mm-hmm. Neil Patrick Harris has the blue. Like, it's obviously the real world. The thing I thought was most interesting is that we saw some of the real world yes. and we saw the Matrix and the Matrix is not muddy and green. It looks like uh, it looks like how should I put this? It looks like it's on a retina screen. If you get what I'm saying, it's in ultra high definition. It looks extremely bright. You said at the start, that this is a new Matrix. Yeah, that that's what I believe. I think this is quite literally. Yeah, literally you said a new computer system, which one reflects change in our time because you know web well uh, 1999 it was still technically who's web looking at 1. green 0. on black code it was i web mean one. i mean call in email in in, was, in a rage it was web 1.0 at, at that time the internet was a completely different thing and now look compare compare 2021 to uh 1999 or whatever and it's completely different the it trailer announcement the trailer announcement for this yeah. told you what your system clock said the time was to think about where we're at, like, it's it's like, it, you know what it's like? It's like, what if the new Matrix is just Facebook? Like, it's going to be like, we didn't get much world detail. We didn't get a lot of details on the world. Like, the old Matrix was like, just a crappy version of ours, even crappier sim- simulacrum. The steak is good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, sorry, that just caught me off guard. Sorry. <laughs> like a good way, but also like a... <laughs> what if this is like a more tightly controlled... I feel like this is going to... Re- the Matrix is, is going to reflect what we're dealing with now. A very tightly controlled, curated... If you have a single... If you try to have a thought, you're given a blue pill, you're given an advertisement, you're told... You're told you're triggered. Yes. yes. That, that... Okay. We're, we're kind we're of tipping on, on ice here with this. I feel like. Oh yeah, but, you, but you could tell by how we were talking. We were like, "There's uh, going to be, there's going to be a lot of talk about mental health in this movie as oh, a yeah. way to control and brainwash." Mm-hmm. I think, based on some of this trailer footage. Also, check out that uh, a, ther- a therapist, ta- a therapist giving the blue pill to a character that is very obviously canonically trans. 
Hmm. What do you think that could mean? Trying to gaslight and brainwash into, yeah. Mm-hmm. To control, I mean, yeah. It's, That's going to be an interesting it. angle, too, is what all this means about the trans narrative of the Matrix. I'm very Probably curious. Probably not one that I'm personally equipped to handle. But. I'm curious to see how she approaches it in the year 2021. Uh, well, because obviously then she was cl- she was uh, not out, and now she very much is. I'm curious to see how that will play in. Like her own experiences, well, how it'll how it will affect Neo. I'm very excited for it. Yeah, it's gonna be so cool. It's gonna be it's it's yeah. I'm I'm that, very I'm very curious about it. Yeah, this might be the coolest movie of the decade. I, <laughs> I'm calling it now. <laughs> here's well, uh, here's the problem with that. Mm. We're about five weeks away from Denny Villeneuve's Dune. Um, mm, but but the Matrix Four is a complete story. Oh yes. So, although Denny Villeneuve's Dune is going to be awesome, and there's no reason to think it won't be. Mm-hmm. It is not going to be the most satisfying walkout. No, it's going to be a difficult walkout. Yeah. Although great, it looks great. Yeah. It's it's going to be difficult in the sense that you want more, but also like you're dealing with the fact that you ha- don't have everything have everything in front of you, so you just get that little nasty taste in your mouth. I don't know. I'm excited but for it. All this to say, we're not talking about Denny Villeneuve's Dune. We're talking about The Matrix 4. Yes. But I agree. I think that I think that the only thing this movie has against it is that Dune is coming out in October, two months before it. Pretty much. Which, does that even matter in Warner Brothers' grand scheme yeah. where it's all content and Dune will be gone in a month off the service anyway? I think, I think The Matrix has enough genuine love from its fans and over the years that even if it... Even if they didn't do any marketing for it, I think it's going to be loved. Oh yeah, like Dune is. I think Dune has an uphill battle. Matrix, Matrix Four, even. Oh, that's that's on the be... marketing side. Oh yeah, you don't have to say a word about the Matrix Four. Yeah, just to put it out. Even even if Matrix Four is not great, even, the only way it will be forgotten is if it's mid. And I don't think it's going to be mid. I don't think, I think it's think going it's, to be mid. It's going to be amazing or not great. The Wachowskis have proven, I mean, again, we don't know what it's going to be like with just Lana Wachowski. Mm -hmm. However, if, if the Wachowskis have proven one thing, it is that they are not mid. If they're going to succeed, it's going to be the most mind blowing thing you've ever seen. And if they fail, I mean, I like Jupiter ascending, but I'm, I'll be honest about it. (laughs) You know what? They're not boring. That's the thing. They're never. And that's the thing I love is like, hey, at least at least Eddie Redmayne is crazy in Jupiter Ascending and stuff. It's not bore. That movie is not as boring as maybe other uh, new science fiction IPs in the last ten years. The worst thing you can do is be boring. That's true. The only thing, and honestly, the only thing you can do worse is be mediocre. Usually they go hand in hand, but you know what I mean when you hold that's them true. separate. But I feel like I. My my kind of final thought on the on sure. this is going to be a number one how cool it was that everyone was hypnotized by blue screens coming off of their tablets the real blue pill Jared is your is your Apple iPhone oh no I'm no longer based help no you're you're in the matrix uh. um I'm excited to see the commentary again to your point I'm excited to see how we're building on thematically the trans narratives of the matrix mm-hmm. uh, especially because the visibility on on trans rights and trans exactly. issues is is different how is it different I know about them <laughs> like I lived a very sheltered life um, so I don't know um, well get bo- get blue pilled check out your phone and uh, read about it and read those yeah exactly go read your uh, go on your uh, reddit echo chamber. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, sorry, I don't want to give the wrong idea. I'm, I'm really excited to see how the world in the last 20 years has affected mm-hmm. the Matrix conceptually. Um, and I'm confident that it's either going to be really awesome or not awesome. It's not going to be mid. It's not going to be in the middle. Either way, it's going to be one of the most talked about movies in years. And that's why we, uh, we sat here and watched the trailer to mm-hmm. babble about it for half an hour for you. As, honestly, one thing I say, one thing I say conf- confidently is what I said before: it will not be boring. It's not going to be boring. Mm-hmm. All right, so I think it is time for us to bid you adieu. Adieu. Until next week, I want to get out in front of what you're about to hear for the month of September and say that we had to change the name of the show 
So there's going to be a bit of Frankensteining involved. There were some schedule shifts, so the next few weeks are going to maybe sound a little rocky. I apologize for that, but I promise you the audio quality will get better. I don't apologize. uh, Well, there you have it. (laughs) One out of two ain't bad. All right, so next week we're going to begin Super 8 and Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, which um, I I will say we do not cover a lot of ground on the Sam Raimi Spider-Man discussion. It's half of what inspired the commentary series. So um, stay tuned for all that. You guys have a wonderful night. And uh, that's coming next week. Boy, am I going to re-record this when Jared leaves. (laughs) Have a great night, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.